All right, we'll get started here with the post-game edition of Sooners Extra. Thanks so much for joining us. We're here uh, making the eh, not too chilly of a walk uh, back to our cars from Jack Tri Stadium after OU's 27-13 to 13 victory over the Cyclones. And uh, Justin, certainly a lot to talk about today, but I think got to start with the Sooners defense. How much do you feel like we saw improvement defensively versus just seeing an offense in Iowa State that, uh, you know, was sort of lost? Well, that, the latter is definitely a factor as well. But, I mean, I think we saw improvements or at least something you could build on really at all three levels. I mean, the defensive line gets its first sack during conference play, which is a, a crazy stat, but Jordan Kelly manages to get it for them. Linebacker play, I thought, was better. Deshaun White had a really good game. Team high, 14 tackles, 10 of them solo, you know, one and a half tackles for loss. And then in the secondary, you know, they had three interceptions. First time that they've had three interceptions in a game since 2020 against Florida. So I think there was just – there were things that each level can really try to, to improve upon and build off of uh, moving forward the rest of the season. And, Barry, let's uh, stick with – one of those points that Justin made, the defensive line, we've seen uh, how impactful they can be early in the season. That hadn't been the case over uh, the last few weeks as Big 12 play got started. We saw, like Justin mentioned, Jordan Kelly got the sack, but they uh, they had Hunter Deckers scrambling quite a bit. Now, he uh, got out of those and made some plays downfield and scrambled and made some plays with his feet there late. But uh, what did you like? about uh, what we saw from OU's defense up front. Sorry. I liked what I saw uh, from, the, uh, from the pass rush. I thought, uh, I thought they had him on the run most of the day. They didn't always, you know, they didn't always put severe pressure on him, but um, I thought it was much better. Now, this is not an elite quarterback. In fact, I would he probably ranks 10th in the Big 12 out of 10. But they got after him pretty good. He never really looked comfortable trying to get the ball to what I think is the strength of their offense, which is those wide receivers. So uh, I, I thought it was much better. D- Downs had some plays. Uh, Redmond, uh, everybody mostly seemed to get after it pretty good. So I thought that was pretty good improvement. Yeah, and then uh, Justin mentioned the turnovers there. Oh, you had finished a couple of those over the last couple of weeks, but had all kinds of opportunities to. Uh, sorry, just a second. Uh, mute Barry there for just a second as we're uh, walking in a little bit of a Iowa win, but uh, you know they had been they had finished off a couple of these turnovers the last couple of weeks that we hadn't seen them finish off for a while. Now they had several other chances against uh, Kansas and even Texas that uh, they weren't able to finish, but to see Woody Washington came up with a big one today. I know a lot of people who were watching on TV said that it hit the ground. I didn't see that on the replay angle angles that I saw, uh, but a, a really good play overall, even if he didn't get it and, they uh, chose not to uh, take it to further review and, and overturn it. And, but then the other ones, uh, they, they were able to finish. Obviously, Danny Stutzman's 
one there at the end was really big to help put the game away right before Eric Gray scores a, a four-yard touchdown. But uh, Barry, uh, they're, they're finally figuring out a way to finish off some of those plays that they didn't earlier in the season. Yeah, I thought they finished really strong. Um, you know, they, they got put – You know, the, the offense didn't help the defense much down the stretch. Before the, well, before the Stutzman interception, three straight three and outs for OU's offense. That's not good. Uh, they were out there pretty quickly uh, after getting stops, but the, two times Iowa State comes out there 20 to 13 deficit, and you think, here they come. They're going to put the Sooners in a bind, and both times they get picks. Um, to the second one by Stutzman seals the game. So, you know, it's, it's been a while since you came away from an OU game saying, hey, the defense uh, won this football game. I guess it happened early last season, but hadn't happened too many times in the last, what, six, seven years. So I thought that was very good. You know, this was a strange, this was a strange matchup. OU's uh, defense, not very good. Iowa State's offense, not very good. But the Sooner D clearly won that matchup. Barry, I'll ask you sort of what I started off there with Justin. How much of it, though, do you think is uh, OU defensive improvement versus just running into an offense that uh, was really toothless, especially on the ground? Well, I mean, uh, it's probably a mixture. Now, it's not, it's baby steps. There's no question about that. It's baby steps. But this is an offense that did, you know, score 21 on Texas. Should have scored 28 if Hutchinson doesn't drop that long pass at the end of the game. So, you know, it's not, it's not, a, it's not, it's the worst offense in the Big 12. But, you know, this is what you ought to do to the worst offense in the Big 12. Shut them down. Take the ball away. Hold them to one touchdown, uh, and that scored on after on by getting two fourth down stops. The OU defense really dominated the game when they were on the field. So, to me, that's encouraging. Is that going to help them when Baylor comes with all those running backs that are so good and an efficient quarterback? We'll see. But it's clearly uh, it's clearly a, a a good step, even if it's a small step. Yeah, no doubt about it. Justin, another thing for OU's defense is they got back Billy Bowman today and uh, got to see him in action a little bit there early. Uh, his first action since uh, TCU. Damon Harmon was dressed out today. I don't believe he played, but a uh, good sign to see him back uh, traveling and, and dressed out after the scary injury that he had at the end of the TCU game. But uh, certainly Billy Bowman is a guy that if this defense is to make significant strides forward he needs to be one of those guys that's at the center of it without a doubt I mean this is a guy who was leading the team in uh quarterback hurries and broken up passes prior to him getting hurt I mean we, we'd heard about him from uh said roof as well the past week just saying that you know it was tough to replace a guy like that he's a really good player for them they try to really do it by committee because they don't really have any just quick simple solution to it you know we saw Woody Washington moving over we saw Key Lawrence having to step up we saw CJ Colden having to come in and take a bigger role so yeah they've kind of had to really just fill it by committee but with him back now I mean you got to think that's got to be a big 
momentum shifter for them um, as they move forward. Because, you know, you see he is one of their better guys in the secondary, if not their best. Yeah, you would imagine he would play more and more here as long as he stays healthy. But uh, Barry, one of those guys on the back end who had been a guy that uh, had had problems uh, at various points over the last year and really over the last uh, longer period than that, I thought Jaden Davis played really well today and, and made some uh, important plays for this secondary. I thought he was good both uh, both guarding the pass and also tackling. He made a couple of open field tackles that could have been a problem. Oh, you did a really good job on what I call the sideways passes. You know, they throw those bubble screens or the or the swing passes, whatever anybody wants to call them. Um, and oh, you did a really good job on that. They didn't let. Iowa State out of the out of the barn on those, and Davis was a big part of that. I thought he made a lot of plays. That was very good. I thought the secondary in general played really well. Um, Iowa State got a few guys open from time to time, but that's going to happen. Like I said, it's the strength of the team. So I, I really did. I thought I thought the two best defenders out there today were Deshaun White and Jaden Davis. And then you had guys making plays, Stutzman, Broyles, Washington, Jordan Kelly, whoever. So that's what you need. If you got guys playing at a high level and then other guys making plays in key situations, then you got the makings of a good defense. Yeah, and Justin, for instance, mentioned Deshaun White's tackle numbers. And so many times this season, we've seen OU's leading tackler be someone who was picked on on the other side. And that's why they wound up racking up those tackles. I didn't get the sense that was the case today with Deshaun White. I thought he made uh, quite a few uh, really uh, big and important plays uh, for this defense, maybe his best game of the season, uh, especially in that new role that he's in, the Cheetah. Uh, but you know, we saw some good things, I think, from this defense. We'll see how much those mean here moving forward when they play offenses with a little bit more punch than what Iowa State rolls out there. But it was a promising sign, I think, especially after uh, what had happened over the last few weeks, even in the Kansas game, uh, Oklahoma's offense or defense uh, really struggled overall. So uh, certainly an encouraging sign uh, for the Sooners there. Uh, Let's jump over, though, to the offensive side, Justin, and – we saw certainly not the best game from Dylan Gabriel, and, and this is what I wrote about today, so we'll talk about that quite a bit. But, uh, you know, 15 or 26, just 148 yards. But I thought his decision-making today uh, really helped Oklahoma, especially in the first half, but at times in the second half as well, uh, really helped the Sooners settle in. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think if you didn't watch this game and you just look at the box score, you're probably going to say, eh, he didn't do a whole lot, like you mentioned. But I do think his his composure was good. I mean, he, he did a good job of knowing when to scramble, which is something that, you know, he'll be the first person to tell you it's not a big part of his game, being able to run, but it's something he's capable of, and he showed that today. Uh, he knew when to throw it away. He knew when to stay in the pocket, get out of the pocket. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we've kind of known this about him from the start, is that he's not going to be a guy that's going to put up a ridiculous video game like stat line, but you know, he, he's starting to show that he's more of just a gets the job done type of guy. He does what the team needs him to do. And he hasn't been forcing it lately, which I think is just a big thing for him. Barry Brent Venables gave Gabriel an a after this performance. And 
uh, you know, for a lot of the reasons that Justin and I have just talk, talked on. Uh, I haven't got a chance to read your report card, so I'm not sure if you specifically graded Dylan Gabriel, but what, what grade would you give him today? You know what? I couldn't argue with an A. He didn't play a huge role in some in the playmaking, but as you said, he made virtually no, maybe absolutely no mistakes. Um, he he put the ball where either a Sooner was going to catch it or nobody was going to catch it. And by the way, he didn't get a lot of help uh, from his receivers. Mims dropped two passes. Braden Willis dropped one. That was not a good development. But I thought Gabriel was solid. I thought he ran the ball, uh, ran the running game pretty well. You know, he ran an old-fashioned option play, uh, pulled it a couple times. So I thought he, I thought he was rock solid. I, t- I didn't really grade him because – Hard to give a guy an A, a quarterback, when he has a game like that. But I thought he was rock solid. And um, you know you know who else I thought was really good today? I thought Jeff Levy came up with a lot of good um, formations. A lot, not trick plays, but sort of uh, formations that sort of off-put the Iowa State defense. You saw a lot of, uh, of uh, motion from people like – like uh, Drake Stoops in particular, well, I, I think I think Drake Stoops probably ran about twelve miles today, and and and, and he he came up with some, you know, like three guys in the slot right next to each other, and yeah, did a little uh, like diamond formation yeah, over there on the side, and yeah, and, and so I thought Levy had a strong day. Now, again, they didn't move the ball up and down the field, but it was, I thought it was pretty good, and you know, if Gray doesn't fumble on the opening, you know, he gets to thirteen yard line to open the game. Um, so, you know, the, the offense would look better in terms of points, um, with, with a little bit of help, but I thought it was a solid day by the offense. Again, strength of the team versus strength of the team. I wouldn't say the OU offense beat the Iowa state defense, but they played them to enough of a draw that the Sooners uh, defense was able to sort of take over the game. Yeah, they did. And, uh, you know, I agree, Barry, with everything you said there about Jeff Levy. I thought he certainly showed some innovation, tried to do some different things, and you really have to against a defense like Iowa State. But the first half especially, to do some of the things that you mentioned, he had Jalil Farouk lined up at uh, Wildcat uh, quarterback. I think it was just the, the once, but had uh, got him the ball in a running situation another time there early in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, Jaleel Farouk continues to become a bigger and bigger part uh, of this offense. But, um, you know, I I just think that uh, Jeff Levy really did a good job today of trying to do some different things because even when OU's had offenses that were historic in numbers, Iowa State's given them all kinds of fits, and uh, they certainly gave them their fair share today, but OU was able to uh, deal out some blows as well, uh, most notably certainly with Eric Gray, another 100-yard game for him, but also the uh, Jaleel Farouk touchdown there. Farouk was uh, really good. Like I said, Mims didn't do much. Uh, the, deep, the deep passing game reaped nothing. Um, but Farouk was really good. Farouk had the crossing pattern that he turned into the 41 yard touchdown. He had a nice 19 yard catch, made a leaping catch, got popped 
about as good as you're going to see from a guy in the air. Came down and held on to the ball. Had the two runs for 26 yards. So I thought Farouk was sort of the standout offense. Or maybe standout's the wrong. He's not the only standout, but maybe the breakout guy offensively. Um, so I thought that was uh, that was a really good development. And of course, have have we talked enough about the player of the game? <laughs> Who's that? That's Michael Turk. <laughs> Michael Turk's the player of the game. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he, they sent him out twice to punt with a seven-point lead in the fourth quarter. One time he kicks at 61 yards when they're punting from their own eight, and the next time he, he punts at 60 yards, and it's down to the two. Those are unbelievable plays by a punter. And if he doesn't make those, Iowa State's offense is in much better shape to try to mount a rally. Yeah. Oh, no and doubt yes, he also that. threw and he threw a touchdown pass. He also oh, yeah, threw a touchdown were, pass. Yeah, there was that too. And we'll get to that uh, here shortly. But yeah, Michael Turk was phenomenal today. Got a chance to talk to him after the game. It'd been a while since we got a chance to chat with him. Obviously talked a lot about his uh touchdown pass there to Zach Schmidt uh, in the second quarter. But uh, the the way that he's able to turn the field is just incredible. And he started off, didn't really feel good about how he was punting early in the season, but you see him getting better and better. Uh, and it's not just in the, the raw uh, punt average, which I know everybody likes to look at. And when you put up a, a, a big number, it's easy to ooh and ah over that. But was able to is able to limit returns, which he said was his biggest goal this year, is limiting punt returns with uh, a high hang time and uh, you know pinning the ball, positioning the ball where he wants it to be, and we saw that uh, a, a couple of times as Barry mentioned. Uh, I I know he felt really good about some of his punts also early in the game uh, there that maybe go a little bit under the radar, but uh, just another phenomenal performance for Michael Turk and it, it's crazy that we sat here and thought what was it uh 14 15 months ago why in the world is OU bringing in a punter uh with a little bit of baggage that he had from uh, Arizona State whatever uh form that took uh when they've already got a punter on campus who's done pretty well but uh we saw once again Barry just how uh, game-changing Michael Turk can be. Yeah, it, I, I literally thought he was the player of the game. Um, that's just two two field switchings and, um, and and a guy that just he's really a valuable weapon. So um, it is. Uh, I'm one of those guys that said, "Why are they bringing this guy in? He's a punter, and you're and you're coached by Lincoln Riley, and you score 50 points a game." And you punt once or twice a game, and who cares how long it goes? But turns out, can be pretty valuable. You know, the only guy, only sooner on the preseason All Big Twelve team, so pretty valuable guy to have around. And today he showed why. Yeah, it seems like there's a really good chance that he makes the postseason All Big Twelve team as well. After certainly after today, uh, Justin, let's talk about the other element of Michael Turk's game though. Today, as Barry mentioned, the touchdown pass, uh, OU. Pulled a little bit of trickery there in the second quarter after Eric Gray gets stopped for a loss on uh, third and goal from the one and uh, really seemed to open up things for this offense and 
take a little bit of the pressure off after uh, having that drive stall out. Yeah, like you had mentioned earlier, I mean, going up against a defense as good as Iowa State, you got to mix things up. You got to get creative with it, and that was a that was a big prime example of it. You know, it was a it was a well executed play. It's something that uh you know we got to talk to Zach Schmidt after the game. He said it's something they've been practicing since the bye week, and when he saw it was his turn to 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 get that that play called, I mean, he really took advantage of it, found the end zone. He said it was like the Red Sea parting. Um, and even said it was kind of funny. He didn't even know how to really celebrate because it's his first career touchdown. So he kind of just gives the ball to the ref and starts focusing on the PAT. But, yeah, I mean, just the special teams in general has been really great for, for OU really this whole season. It's been the most consistent group for them. Schmidt is 8 for 9 on field goals this season, 34 for 34 on PATs. So he's been really solid for them. Had their first 13 points today um, with the touchdowns, two PATs and two field goals. So, yeah, I mean, that whole group has been has been really good for them. And today, I mean, was just a big example of it. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to Jaleel Farouk after the game and ask him about that play. And he sort of beamed about it, uh, uh, about both Turk and, and Schmidt's accomplishments there. But I thought it was funny. He said a couple of things interesting. One, that uh, he knew that they would likely pull out a little bit of trickery in this game. He said he thought it would actually be on a, a punt rather than a field goal, but, uh, you know, saw that one uh, play out. Thanks for the heads uh, on, up. Thanks, on the, the field goal. Thanks for the heads <laughs> up. We'll be on the lookout for that. <laughs> yeah, so keep keep an eye out there. Uh, but uh, the other is he didn't know that call was being made and was over on the sidelines catching his breath, and he said was just looking up at the video board to see Zach Schmidt's field goal, and he said his jaw sort of just dropped, and he – uh, started celebrating after uh, Zach Schmidt uh, scores the touchdown. So uh, certainly a, a big one, a bit of a momentum shift there. You know, Barry, all first first half points scored by kickers from Oklahoma with uh, – uh, uh, I'm just completely blanked on the Iowa State kicker. Jace name. Gilbert. Jace uh, Gilbert. <laughs> Jace Marlo Gilbert. America. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, Jace Gilbert from, from Marlowe. Uh, scored the the two field goals there uh, for for Iowa State in the first half, but certainly a, a big that uh, fake field goal, a big momentum shift. Talked to Michael Turk after the game. Michael Turk said that uh, uh, he played quarterback way back. I think it was he said seventh grade when he was living in the Miami area. Played in the police athletic league, did a little bit of everything, played quarterback. So he said, I, I know how to throw the ball a little bit. Didn't have to throw it very far uh, on this one, but he said it was just came down to timing on that play and having to catch Zach Schmidt on the run, have him make the catch. Once he does that, you know, it didn't, wasn't the easiest play in the world because Zach Schmidt had to make a little bit of a cut uh, back to his left. Once he made the cut, he was. Uh, in the end zone pretty easily, but certainly a big momentum shift. And Barry calls to mind some of the uh, the things that Bob Stoops used to do to try to energize uh, his teams. Yeah, you know, Stoops faked field goal, I think it was 99 against Texas. Um, and I think he did it another time. I can't remember when exactly. But I actually thought this was a unique fake field goal. And here's what I liked about it. I've never seen a kicker take a shovel pass situation and go up the middle. I mean, that's, you know, it's usually, it's usually packed in there. It's usually solid. 
But I had somebody from OU, uh, not, uh, not from OU, I had somebody after the game tell me that there were signs in years past that Iowa State was susceptible to that kind of fake field goal. That they, something about their field goal defense is not, is not solid. And there have been teams that have been trying to look for time to do this. Sooners pulled it out today. Whatever is wrong with the Cyclones, they'll fix it by Monday, but it's too late to help them. Yeah, it, it certainly is. And But like I said, Zach Schmidt with a heck of a play there to finish it off. Michael Turk with the uh, the pitch uh, there to get his uh, second completed pass of the year, first touchdown pass. Uh, so uh, certainly an interesting development there uh, early in the game as well. Uh, Justin, we really haven't touched much on Eric Gray and uh, also the offensive line, but uh, Eric Gray, even with all the, you know, we talked about the three and outs and things, although many of those came with Eric Gray in the, the medical tent there in the second half, but when they really needed him, Eric Gray comes out, finishes the game off after Stutzman's interception, uh, puts the Sooners in prime position, but Eric Gray, once again, just uh, keeps showing how valuable he is to this team, uh, you know, game in and game out. Yeah, you know, his, his ability to make people miss really just what kind of jumps out at you when you watch him play. Offensive line has definitely helped him out. That's someone, uh, something he credited when we talked to him after the game. They definitely have been stepping up as well, really progressing this whole season, but but yeah, I mean, he had he had a good game against a really tough matchup, you know, against Iowa State's run defense. I think they'd allowed just a little bit over 100 yards on the ground per game, which is a conference low. But he finishes with 101 touchdown on 20 carries. Um, like you said, had a little bit of a of a scare there where he was limping off the field late in the third quarter. He said it was mostly he just needed to get stretched out, is what he was saying, and that he wasn't too concerned about it. So it doesn't seem like it'd be something to to worry about moving forward. But comes right back in. And then really delivers the the dagger there down the stretch with that four yard touchdown run on a on a direct snap. So yeah, I mean he has just really continued to so I guess prove some people wrong. I mean I was one of the doubters as well where I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to be a lead back with Kennedy Brooks leaving, uh, but he's done a really good job. I think it's five games now so far this season where he's had at least a hundred rushing yards. So yeah, I mean he's he's really been able to get the job done for them, and today was a, a good example of it. And, and Barry, we'll, we'll close it out uh, with this. We talk about the offensive line and their improvement. Certainly they've been improved, but maybe uh, outside of the, the running numbers, which you can talk about with Eric Gray overall, I thought the, the biggest uh, point in OU's offensive line favor and OU's offense favor, period, was the fact that uh, you know you look at Will McDonald, who is one of the best defenders in the Big 12, maybe the best defender in the Big 12. He's likely to be the all-time sack leader in the conference by the time this season is over. But uh, had had five tackles, a couple solo, but none of them for loss, none of them for sack, none of them where you're just like, oh, my, look what he just did. They were able to, uh, I don't want to say neutralize him completely, but I thought they did a really good job uh, – you know, sort of taking him out of the equation somewhat. I think you're muted still, Barry. I'm muted. There we go. <laughs> At one point in the game, I thought of Will McDonald, and I thought, where's Will McDonald? And then it went out of my mind, and this is the next time I 
when you just mentioned him 10 seconds ago, that's the second time I thought of him all day. He was basically a non-factor. So that was a good job by, uh, you know, I assume it was multiple people and a good scheme and formation and everything else to, uh, to keep Will McDonald at bay. But that was, that was excellent work on him. Um, of course, the Cyclones are good on defense elsewhere. So, you know, uh, he, he's not a one-man crew. But I thought that was very good, a very good game plan to not let him disrupt the offense. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, we'll uh, wrap it up there here from Jack Tri Stadium. It's starting to get dark uh, here in Ames. The uh, pedestrian bridge is uh, lit up uh, bright red. Got a great sunset going on here in Ames. But we're going to hit the road, get a little bit, uh, a very little bit uh, back closer to home uh, tonight. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. We'll be back on uh, Tuesday afternoon to uh, talk about more OU football preview uh, Saturday's game against Baylor. We'll hopefully uh, get a uh, start time for that a little bit later tonight, maybe uh, early in the morning. But uh, the Sooners host Baylor uh, next week, and they are uh, one win away from getting bowl eligibility, which normally is an afterthought. But this season, with that three-game losing streak, came – uh, became a much bigger and bigger topic, and uh, they're right on the doorstep of that. So we'll see if the Sooners are able to do that against a Baylor team that has been uh, really up and down uh, so far uh, this season. But thank you so much for joining us today. You can check out our work at uh, Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anyway. <laughs>